Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Here's Conley up a Gobert pick. Bounces the top to Donovan. Goes back up on his tippy toes, but stays down. Works to his right. Fires an off-the-bounce three and hits. Donovan's got 20 points in the first half. Herter chested ahead to Solomon Hill. Sees Favors. Gives to Herter. Blocked by Favors. Oh, what a move by Derek. Rebound, Gobert. Jazz running. Here comes Clarkson. Right side, three. Pow! Oh, that's gorgeous basketball. And the bench explodes for the Jazz. As they go up 22, Atlanta wants a timeout. Oh, dear, oh, mercy, they can't take anymore. David Locke on the call as the Jazz beat the Hawks earlier this year. They're going to play again tonight. 5.30, the tip time. Zone's pregame show will start at 4.30. Hawks list four guys out for this game. Unfortunately, Bogdan Bogdanovich will not play. We can't have Bogdanovich on Bogdanovich crime. Locke would have enjoyed that. He was going to say that. It was going to happen at some point. Now it's not going to happen. All right, start of a three-game road trip, PK. Expectations, victory, sure. victory, and victory. Am I right? Why wouldn't they be? Yeah, of course. Line them up. Jazz only injury on their list right now is Elijah Hughes. They're expected to have everybody available, no excuses, all the depth, all ready to go, back-to-back. And the Hawks are actually going back-to-back tonight. Jazz will do it tomorrow. they got Charlotte's schedule tomorrow. Atlanta lost to the Dallas Mavericks. Luka Doncic, 27 points and 14 assists. As the Mavericks beat the Hawks 122-116. to The Hawks go back-to-back against the Jazz tonight. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. The beat goes away from Zeller, shoots it from 14. Ripping good, he got it. It trickles off the front of the rim and in. And B with four in a row. The six is by 12 with 3.48 to go. Charlotte takes timeout. Giannis will back it out. Go low to Holiday. Back to Giannis. Throw it down. Oh, you can see that one coming. A windmill right-hander off the pass by Holiday. Luca on the move. Head fake. Got to the rim. Left hand layup. Good. A little head fake. Throws everybody. Got it to Nikhil. Shot clock at eight. There's the alley-oop. Nikhil to Big Z with a two-hand throw down. Up ahead, George. Right wing three settles the feed. Paul George is a flamethrower. His eighth three of the night, a new season high. He's got 36. Highlights from around the NBA, including Paul George's 36-point performance as the Clippers beat the Cavs 121-99. to Clippers, Jazz, Lakers all bunched together within a half game at the top of the West. That moved the Clippers from a tie with the Lakers to a virtual tie with the Jazz for the top spot. Jazz are up by percentage points. Clippers ride Paul George to that victory. Also heard Giannis Antetokounmpo with a triple-double in there as the Bucks beat the Pacers. PK, there are a lot of games in the West. You know, in a year ago, uh, focused on all of them because, you know, a couple teams right in front of the Jazz, a couple teams right behind. They were in a big bunch of, you know, five or six teams. And now I see those games, but you look at the standings, it doesn't really seem to impact the Jazz. Thunder beat the Rockets and Pelicans beat the Suns, but all those teams are three to four to five games back. So a lot. the Lakers and Clippers, those games seem important. Maybe the Nuggets. And then beyond that, uh, there you are. Yeah, Suns lost. Okay. Big deal.
To me, the story is the season that Paul George is having. I mean, he is really just kicking butt, and he said before the season that he owed, uh, what's that dude who won? Palmer. Uh, yeah, that he owed him a, a title because he gave him the big contract. And the way he said it, he said it with, like, uh, such conviction. And obviously he's had a whole sort of, a uh, whole lot of playoff failure. But so far, watching the Clippers play as much as I can, he he looks like a different player. He looks so confident and so smooth, and he's got all these just natural skills combined with whatever he's worked to get. And it's going to be something to follow because he's having a phenomenal season. I mean, he's right there in my mind yeah, with uh, MVP. You know, Kawhi Leonard gets all the run, but I think George is having a little bit of a better season, and I believe he belongs in that discussion. Now, what does that mean in the regular season? That's nice and all, but it's about the postseason. So, what can he do when he gets there? Uh, but right now, boy, he's sure looking good, and they're looking tough. And I think largely. Not exclusively by any stretch, but largely because of him. And he's just playing. It's just at such a high, high level. So I think it comes down to the fact that he's 30. So do you believe that this is a guy who had some playoff failures to set him up for playoff successes, which is a very familiar story in NBA history? Or a guy who's dominant in the regular season but just isn't quite good enough in the playoffs and we're going to see that story again? And you believe what you believe, and everyone can believe whatever they want, but deep down, none of us really know. And that's why sports is our live drama, and we stick around to find out. Exactly. Do you make anything of the Pelicans blowing out the Suns? It seems like New Orleans ought to be better than they have been. They've been one of the worst teams in the West. But that was a... uh, They had a lead, and they were just kind of nursing it along, and they seemed to be up by 5 to 10 points for a big chunk of the game. And then... You get late in the game, and they just blew the thing wide open. Just took over and dominated and end up winning 123-101. Uh, no, I make nothing. Nothing. I pay, pay one bit of attention to it. USA Basketball is in the planning stages of creating a pre-Olympic bubble in Las Vegas for Team USA, Australia, and Spain to train and play exhibition games against one another before leaving for Tokyo. NBA players expected to make up the core of all three of those teams, USA, Australia, and Spain. So they're planning like the games that go on, and NBA players will be ready to go. The league's playoffs are scheduled to take place May 22nd to July 22nd. So it's create an environment where they can limit travel and exposure to COVID and move seamlessly from the NBA playoffs right into the the international scene. Well, then, but not at May 22nd. The playoffs, I don't even know if they would have started by then. That's when they're supposed to start, May 22nd. And then the finals are scheduled in July 22nd. Basically, right, they're moving the playoffs back a month. Okay, but who's going to be on this team in May? Is it, when, when is this team getting together for this bubble? Well, I suppose the guys will join as their individual teams are eliminated. So, oh, okay. I, I assume, and, and by having three teams there, you know, obviously Team USA, they might only have, I don't know, pick a number. If they've got... 16 or 20 finalists, because you usually have more finalists than the, the, the guys you take in case somebody gets hurt. You can plug somebody in right away. So maybe they only have a third of their guys or a quarter of their guys are in the lottery, but they could still work out because Spain will have eight guys there and Australia will have six. So combined, they'd, they'd be able to do something, I guess, play, you know, stay in shape. Yeah, but my point is most of those guys in the early part of this thing are going to be on the team. Yeah, right. Yeah, the elite players are going to be on the elite team. So 
It'll be a gradual thing, I think, as you uh, well, as your team guys gets will get beat. cut. Yeah. Okay, but you haven't you have team players joining, but you didn't say guys would be leaving. I assume that's going to how it work out. They didn't spell out all those details, at least not where I saw them. Um, but I, the only thing that seems to make sense is what you're saying. You know, guys will have to get cut. Uh, you're going to keep you're going to keep more guys than you're going to take because you are worried about injury right down till the end. So they've always got to be cuts at the end. So they'll have to have bigger pools because, to your point, a lot of the players aren't going to be there early in the playoffs because they're going to be in the postseason. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. Well, we got games tonight. You can watch the Utes in Arizona at 5 o'clock on Fox Sports 1. BYU's playing Portland at 5 o'clock on KJAZ and the Stadium Network. And then at 7 o'clock, Utah State and Fresno State, KJAZ and the Stadium Network. And the Zone will have coverage of that game. Scotty G on the call. That'll be a pregame show at 6.30 on 1280 The Zone. The Jazz game will be over on the FM. David Locke, Ron Boone on 97.5 The Zone. Also, Weber State's hosting Montana State tonight, 7 o'clock in Ogden. A few storylines here, PK. And uh, for BYU, they've been playing a bunch of close games, and there's no reason that Portland 0-7 in the West Coast Conference should be a close game. Well, the thing about it, man, that's uh, 5 o'clock our time, 4 o'clock Portland time. That's really going to cut into their home crowd there in Portland, starting that game at 4 o'clock. Nice. They might not have any fans. Again. Crazy. <laughs> For the 30th year in a row. <laughs> They're 500 fans, and uh, BYU's 1,000 fans, and that crowd of 1,500 is going to have problems. Wasn't that the place where T.J. Hawes uh, told yeah. the fan to shut the F up? Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah. It was right on the baseline. What did he do? Did he whisper to his uh, buddy next to him in Portland? <laughs> we would have heard if he had. <laughs> no, I think he said it with a little volume, but you're, to your point, there was no crowd noise to drown it out. Uh, Portland, they, they've sucked for so long. Yeah. I, I just don't understand it. Utah hosting Arizona. Utah coming off that good win against Colorado. Can they back it up with a win against Arizona? Arizona 7-4 and four in the... Pac-12 right now. The Utes four and six, trying to get back to 500 in conference play. They are exactly seven and seven on the season. So, well, get, get to a winning record is the question. One of the questions that I was thinking about putting on Facebook, I didn't, but I thought about you know the Utes that quality road win. Is this the the catalyst? It just seemed like well, the other one was the catalyst, and the other one was the catalyst. Now they weren't the catalyst. So now is this the catalyst? they go out there and just get rolled by Arizona, uh, I I literally give up. I'm going to give up the Utes for Lent if they do that. That's a very Jersey thing to do right there. Good work. You Giving up Arizona? Giving up the Utes for Lent. <laughs> you knew I, it. They, you keep talking. That they keep saying, okay, now, now, now. Really? I mean, I would like to see it now. I mean, anytime Arizona, especially Sean Miller, can lose, I'm all for it. Uh, but it makes me wonder... What do they need? When Plummer goes off for 23 in the second half, is that really a recipe you can count on game in and game out for uh, your team to win? Probably not, but maybe they can find ways to win without him doing that too. It's not like it's impossible, but listening and reading and seeing, okay, now we got that quality win. You know, this is their best win of the season at Colorado, and now we're ready to go. Okay, well, I'm still waiting, and I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. But we come in here tomorrow, and you got another L. 
I'm done with you. I won't talk about you the rest of the season. You, they, you'll have to handle it. They have been alternating wins and losses for six games now. So. Yeah, but now they got their best win. You're missing the point, man. Yeah. They got their best win of the season. I'm not. I'm now not, they're ready. I'm not missing the point. This is a two-year-old story. So a two-year-old story. Yes. On the verge, the young guys. Here we go. No, no, see, the story that you're missing is now they're ready. That's what you're missing. (laughs) All right. I realize you're setting it up to this point, but you're missing the fact, well, now they're ready to go. And then the Aggies at Fresno State, the top of the Mountain West Conference, all jumbled up. The Aggies sitting there on two losses. They are 10-2 and as they get ready for Fresno State tonight. And uh, Boise State's got their first loss now. CSU delivered that. Uh, but the Rams, the Rams are hanging around. They're on three losses. So how's this going to shake out? Who's going to win the league? San Diego State's on three losses, uh, but they're not playing this week. They're supposed to play New Mexico, and those two games have been canceled. So they're sitting at 7-3. and three. The Rams are at 9-3, and three, and the Aggies are at 10-2. and two. Everybody chasing 10-1 and one Boise State. So DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. I think people are reluctant to buy into Taysom as a quarterback. They can't be reluctant to buy into him as, as, as an asset right, right. football player. Like, if we put him out there for trade, we would have 31 other teams with interest. People are just hesitant because we all are hesitant to not knowing what we've seen so far. You know, and, and so he's relatively new as a quarterback. That's Sean Payton, Saints coach, talking about Taysom Hill. What are they going to do? What is Taysom's future? That seems like a question we've heard before, PK. Yeah, I don't... Even Sean yeah, Payton leaves it unresolved. Why we're talking about uh, his whether he's an NFL player or not. I mean, I think that's long since been proven. So uh, other teams may want him. Yeah, but do they want him as a starting quarterback? Of course you want him as a player because he could do pretty much everything that doesn't require, you know, trenches. Uh, I think he... I, he's, talent can play multiple positions obviously because he's big and he can run and that's half the battle in football if he can run but is he a starting quarterback in the nfl that that's the issue that's what he wants of course that's what he wants and sean payton's going to be the one to decide that so i find that interesting like sean payton and that was just a snippet i haven't heard the whole con- contextual interview before and after what he was saying but sean payton there's no need to convince us that Taysom hill is an nfl player what needs to be proven is he's a starting quarterback and a winning quarterback in the NFL. That's what needs to be proven, not the ground level of whether he has the talent to play in the NFL. He's had that probably since he's been about 10 years old. Yeah, and then the next question is, is he a quarterback who uh, you will know, be good enough to beat the bad teams but not to make enough plays to beat the good teams? Well, a winning quarterback in the NFL is a winning quarterback. You don't get any extra wins for beating. They all add, They all equal the same. But you end up with a ceiling on how good the team can be. And then the Saints have been, they've gotten a Super Bowl and they've been a perennial playoff team and so close to it. And obviously they want another one. Peyton says he hopes Jameis Winston will re-up with the team, wants him to re-sign and expects an announcement from Drew Brees on Drew Brees' future in the next week or two. Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes among a list of 20 people who are scheduled to have their hair cut by a team barber. Barber ended up testing positive, forced two chief players into isolation. It was a weird deal. I guess they had him into the facility, and 
He was tested for days before he came into the facility. Five days. Tested in the facility, and then that last test came back positive while he was cutting the player's hair. So we've heard they got a couple guys who are have got a test positive now all week and then can be cleared on Saturday. But Mahomes didn't get there yet. He was he was further back in line. So these fans can breathe easy over that. And former NFL head coach Marty Schottenheimer has been moved to a hospice facility near his home in Charlotte, North Carolina. Complications from Alzheimer's disease. He was diagnosed in 2014. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Recruiting rankings from this year's recruiting cycles place Alabama atop the sport again. Maybe the most talented class Nick Saban has ever signed, which is saying something because he signed some awfully talented classes, but 22 players on ESPN's top 300 list. 13 of them on the top 100 list. Oregon led the Pac-12 at number five overall. But PK, what? who have you seen being picked to win the Pac-12? Well, I've seen a lot of uh, Utah, for sure, next season. That is the question of the day. Several predictions have the Utes winning the Pac-12 next season. Can it be that the boys in red are going to win the conference and go to the Rose Bowl? That's the question of the day. We'll get to it. Coming up next, later in the show, Tim Lacombe. Chad Lewis on the way. Chad Lewis, former BYU and Philadelphia Eagle tight end. Join us at uh, 9 o'clock. And that's not Tim Lacombe, that's Bowler. Yak, you exhausted by these 10-hour shifts you're pulling? I'm like, didn't we have Tim on yesterday? Probably like 15 hours, but yeah. 15-hour shifts. Iron Man. He's our, he's our Cal Ripken, PK. He's our Lou Gehrig. He's our Joe Ingles, that Iron Man streak. A couple of other guys have been out here for a while now. Yak's doing it all. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing.